Good morning and welcome to Forum on a beautiful March morning. Uh, this morning we have our Director of Religious Education, Tina Dio, and our Minister Emeritus, Dale Arning, to talk about guests at your table. Thank you very much. Good morning, there. Yeah, good, good, good morning. <laughs> I'm going to ask a couple of dumb questions just to get the lay of the audience. Um, how many people know about the UU Service Committee? How many people know about guests at your table? Not quite everybody, all right. Well, let me tell you probably more than you already know about the UU Service Committee. Um, how many people saw the movie Defying the Nats Nazis? Not everybody, okay. This was a movie made by Ken Burns, who does documentaries so very well. You may remember the Civil War or the Roosevelt's. Uh, he chose to do a documentary on the beginnings of the UU Service Committee by focusing upon the story of Waitstill and Martha Sharp. They were Unitarians, he was a minister, who in 1939 were asked to go to Europe to help with the refugee problem that was going on there. And they volunteered to leave their two ch very young children and go to Europe. Um, they went, first of all, to Prague, Czechoslovakia. <clears throat> and their, their goal was to find ways to get the people who were resisting the growth and strength of the Nazis to get such people safety. And safety meant, in many cases, getting them off the European continent not just out of their country, but away, because the Nazis were such a threat. <clears throat> um, they had many close encounters. The documentary shows those, acts out those kinds of things. And it, it struck me that their strength was, their means of leverage was they had U.S. passports which were still recognized because the war hadn't started yet. Whereas many of the people from countries within Europe had no documentation that gave them any protection whatsoever. And so there were many close calls where uh, finally they would have to whip out their documentation and say, leave us alone, we're going somewhere. They got some of these refugees on trains some of them were only given maps of how to, how to walk across borders. Um, after, after a train ride, they were frequently put on boats which took them to Britain. Um, they did stellar work. They saved hundreds of people, and it went on for several years. Well, back home, the Unitarian outfit the, at that time, the Unitarians and the Universalists were separate. And the Unitarians back home said, we got to keep this going. Not just through the war, but after the end of war, people need our help. 
And so the service committee was organized for the first time. The, the result is that the, the, well, I should say that the Universalist then developed a service committee, and when the two denominations joined, so did the service committees, and hence now we have the Unitarian Universalist Service Committee. Since the Defying the Nazis documentary was out this last year, this year the theme of the service committee is Defying Hate. And I would recommend that everybody go to the UUSC.org website. It's a very well done website and it has an encyclopedia amount of information about the service committee, how it operates, and what it does. It's a very impressive website. And of course, as I said, the theme this year is defying hate. So there are some special stories about their projects which do, in our time, defy hate. <clears throat> the website begins by giving this characterization. The UUSC advances human rights through grassroots collaboration. In more than a dozen countries, right now I think it's 17 countries, in more than a dozen countries throughout the world, UUSC fosters social justice and works toward a world free from oppression. UUSC's innovative approaches and measurable impact in promoting economic justice, bolstering environmental justice, and protecting rights at risk are grounded in the belief, and this draws us in as Unitarians of this church, in the belief that all people have inherent power, dignity, and rights. Inherent dignity and rights. I should now intervene and say, I'm biased. I'm biased in a good way because I spent five years on the service committee board, 1995 to the year 2000. And so I'm prejudiced. This is a good outfit. I worked for it once upon a time. And I did so with the encouragement of this congregation. It took some of my time and energy and expenses, and this congregation supported me for the whole five years. But I have to say that I have no insider information. That was a long time ago. And the organization has changed drastically in the meantime, just in terms of the amount of work that it does. So I can't give you the inside information, and you will know as much as I do if you just go to the website and, and search around. Uh, it's all there. I find it astonishing, uh, especially given the, my background, that back a few years ago they, they weren't doing half as much as they're doing now. They do so much, it really is astounding, I think. Work in over a dozen countries, and it's all mapped on the website. All you have to do is look at the maps and push a button and it'll tell you what they're doing in Argentina, for example. Uh, push another button and they'll tell you what they're doing in Hong Kong. 
Um, and it's, it's, it's an insight into the, what's going on in, in our whole world. Now, we'll come back to those three categories that I just gave you. Uh, but before we do that, I'm going to turn it over to Tina to tell you how, how you adults and families can get involved in supporting the work of the service committee. So this church has annually um, done guest at your table, and some of you are familiar with um, the guest at your table program, and some of you may not be. Um, so I wanted to just go over a little bit about the program. Um, so this is the the link that will take you. You can peruse this link, um, and it will take you to... Um, uh, more information um, about guests at your table. Um, so it's UUSC's annual intergenerational program to raise support for and and awareness about um, UUSC's work to advance human rights. Um, and here at our church, how we've done this in the past um, is give families banks. Um, so we have banks to give to each family um, today. Um, and <clears throat> I remembered when I was a kid uh, growing up in a Presbyterian church, and we did a uh, similar thing called one great hour of sharing, and we had banks um, just like this, and we also had calendars that we were able to follow along. Well, UUSC didn't make a calendar to follow along with um, each day for your family, so I made one. Um, and so these are fun to do with families, um, and if you're an adult, it's fun to do as well. Um, so one of them is, um, many kids in the world do not have shoes to wear to school. Give a nickel or dime for each pair of shoes you own. So the kids get to be, it's an interactive calendar where the kids get to be a part of the giving. Um, and so make sure you get a lot of change um, for, <laughs> for your family <laughs> if you're doing it like this. Um, and then there's statistics about USC, um, about um, people without water in the world. Um, and so you can follow along this daily calendar and put money in your bank. Um, so you could do it at dinner time or however you choose to do it in your family. Um, and you don't have to follow along every day. I mean, however you choose to do it. <laughs> um, and then we'll collect these after the Easter or the... Easter, the uh, spring break holiday, so that first Sunday back, April 9th, we'll collect the banks, and then we'll send all of that money off to UUSC. Um, so I encourage you guys to do this with your families. It's really fun. Um, and it starts today. I mean, it, so it starts today, March 5th, um, and then goes through the rest, the rest of the month. Um, and then you can also pick up for me, so you can pick up both of these things, um, and you can also pick up a little story packet um, about the defying hate stories for this year. Um, so you can pick up one of these if you want and read those stories at home. And then if um, you don't want to have the bank and you just want to contribute to USC, I also have envelopes that you can do that with. So you can pick up these from me also. Um, so yeah, we're, we'll be doing this all month. Um, so collecting money, and I think the share the plate or the offering is going towards it as well this month. So um, you can I think do it that way. Um, 
And I will let Dale speak again. I'll be back up here. Thank you, Tina. Well, let's go through some of the categories that the website has to distinguish the various kind of work that they do. First of all, rights at risk. Yes, rights at risk. Let's, let's look at the goals. For example, gender identity rights in southern Africa, not just South Africa, but southern Africa. Gender rights. It, it seems that the African culture itself, historically, has prejudice against people that have different sexualities than average. That has been exacerbated by U.S. Christian ministers who go to Africa and say there, as they do here, any sex outside of marriage is evil and will go to hell. So they have just amplified what is already in the South African culture. And the UUSC is trying to find some liberal ministers and some social workers and say, how can we combat this prejudice? And they're working things out actively to give identity rights in Southern Africa. Look also at... Uh, decriminalizing migration and safeguard the fundamental human right to seek asylum. Uh, our current political scene has a lot to do with that issue, but it is also alive in Europe, the Middle East, especially Eastern Europe, Greece. Um, what are we going to do with all these people that are on the move? Don't they have some rights just by being human? Well, I think most of us would agree that they do. But to recognize the extent of the problem is a, is a huge difficulty. Not, not merely to address the problem, but to even realize the extent of it. It's almost worldwide. Myanmar is having immigration problems. It isn't just us with the border. Looking over the UUSC uh, description of what's going on, it occurred to me that just a change of our vocabulary might help just a tiny little bit. We're not dealing with immigrants primarily. We're dealing with refugees. Refugees are running from something. Immigrants are just moving around. We need to be concerned with the refugee problem, not just the immigrant problem. And it's especially important that refugees are given some rights. They shouldn't be automatically criminalized by the countries that they end up in. It should not happen that way. It's a huge problem. It's a difficult problem. But the service committee is working with other organizations to address that problem. Um, if you've gotten concerned about all of the talk about the wall and the border, look at what the service committee has to say about those issues. 
It is so complex. It isn't at all a simple problem. And I, it makes me shudder that politicians are even going to touch it because they're not subtle thinkers. Well, what else can we look at? Uh, did you know that there's something going on in, uh, in Burma? Um, what are we going to do about the anti-Muslim rhetoric? Um, how, do we, uh, how do we empower women, the Dalits, um, who have been, a th especially the, the classless women, who have been affected by the uh, earthquake in Nepal. Uh, they're trying to rebuild their cities, their towns, their villages, and uh, in the process, the women are being penalized as though they brought the, the, the uh, earthquake upon them. Um, you'll, find, you'll find on the website that very often I can't pronounce it correctly. The Haitians come up. Haiti. Uh, the service committee has been working in Haiti uh, on their earthquake problem and their hurricane problem for, for over a decade. They've made a lot of progress. Um, for example, the cities were pretty much destroyed. And rather than just rebuilding the apartments and sticking them back in the city, they have helped people move out to the country, build houses, and start agriculture businesses on their own. Uh, it's a very creative project in Haiti, helping them. But in more recent times, there have been a conflict between Haiti and the Dominican Republic. I've been totally unaware of that. But it's almost like a civil war going on there. Do you have a story about the, the Haiti problem? I do. I was going to share it as my time for all ages. <laughs> um, so one of the stories is about a boy who is from Haiti and goes with his parents. I think um, it wasn't clear in the story. Uh, when he's age two as an undocumented um, Haitian to d the Dominican Republic, but then is adopted by a Dominican uh, woman. Um, so I'm not sure what happened to his parents. It didn't say in the story. Um, and then he gets, um, at 13, he gets taken out of his house and um, by soldiers violently, forcefully, um, and gets just dropped off at the other side of the border in Haiti and is abandoned. Um, and so UUSC is working with um, their the people who are being brought back to Haiti are called the Los Afectados. And um, so there's an organization that is working with um, that population in Haiti. Um, and so UUSC supports them as a grassroots organization, helping these kids find their families and give them um, resources when they get back um, across the border. Um, so that's one of the stories. And then some of the other stories in there that are along the lines of rights at risk um, are stories. There's a woman in South Africa who, um, when she came, uh, when she told her parents that she uh, was attracted to other women, um, her parents uh, were not in line with that. Um, then over time, 
um, accepted her, but then they passed away, and she has a sister who will not talk to her um, and shuns her um, for her uh, choice of affection and or her not choice but um, orientation and um, and so she built a shelter in her home, um, her one room two room home, and um, started a shelter for. Uh, people who were discriminated against because of their orientation, um, LGBTQ, um, or identity, sexual identity. Um, And uh, now her home um, has been turned into a bigger shelter with the UUSC's help. Um, So that's something that UUSC was a part of in South Africa. Um, And now it's actually um, an organization that promotes um, uh, shelter and um, education for people of uh, different sexual identities and orientations and communities and church communities that are trying to support these people who may, because of their orientation, be beaten or raped or killed um, in um, certain African countries. And so this organization, which it's called the, oh gosh, what is it called? Inclusive and Affirming Ministries. Um, so it functions under this auspice and um, works with churches also because churches have shown people as well. So it works with churches to make them more inclusive of LGBTQ folks. So that's some of the work, um, rights at risk work that I know UUSC is doing, grassroots, partnering. Um, so. One of the other things that surprised me in looking over the list of accomplishments and efforts, um, the service committee has been active in in the Philippines ever since the Philippines had the hurricane just a couple of years ago. Devastating hurricane, service committee went in as they usually do to help the locals uh, rebuild from the hurricane. But in this last couple of years, you know the bad news coming out of the Philippines about uh, Duarte, who is killing people left and right because they're drug dealers? Uh, turns out some of them aren't drug dealers, they're just political opponents, but they're being killed anyway. And since that has been on the news lately about Duarte, the people who were working on hurricane problems said to Boston and the service committee, hey, You've done a lot of political work. How are we going to deal with Duarte? And they've joined together with other civil rights organizations in the Philippines to protect themselves from Duarte and to work on the political armaments that are in place to get the local politicians to straighten things out instead of letting Duarte just have his lead, whatever he wants to do. So that was a surprise. Work in the Philippines? I bet you never even thought about doing that. (laughs) Let's move to environmental justice. Uh, You all know that Detroit in the U.S. had a problem with lead in their water. Did you know that there are 8.7 million people in Argentina and Chile that are having problems with water and glaciers. 
service committee is working on that. Did you know that um, in Mexico there is a ruling that all towns have to implement the provision of water to their citizens? Very, very broad-minded, big-hearted move on the part of the Mexican government. Did you know that there are 18 indigenous communities in Guatemala who have a, um, a water rights problem in Guatemala? Um, did, did you know that there are 11 million Californians who have a problem accessing clean water? I'd never heard that. Um, did you know that Boston, Massachusetts has a water problem? <laughs> I did not. Um, and, and one of the problems is that uh, the water that they do have is so expensive that a lot of old people cannot afford it. And so again, the service committee is helping the locals do political action kinds of things to relieve these environmental problems. Let's move on to economic justice. This is almost, did you, did you have something you wanted to say about economic justice? Or environmental. Uh, or environmental, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna mention um, that they also work, yeah, with um, indigenous people um, all over the globe um, for environmental rights issues. Um, justice issues, and um, the UA and the USC both um, went as a presence when they called clergy to Standing Rock. Um, so they were there as a presence, I know. Um, and I'm not, uh, Dale mentioned some of the stuff that I um, had learned online on their website, which is amazing, so check it out, as he said. Um, that, um, so another grassroots organization that they uh, partner with is the Michigan Welfare Rights Organizations. So, again, in Detroit, um, and they're struggling to stop water shutoffs there. Um, so they um, work with that organization. They also work with the Fundación Agua con Vida in Bolivia, which works to ensure that water utilities in some of the country's most impoverished communities are public. Um, and then... Um, like Dale said, uh, works also in Guatemala with those indigenous communities whose water is under threat because of mining companies. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you can see these service committee people working with uh, natives of the countries they're working on, um, doing all kinds of things. Uh, here are a couple of projects that they lump under economic justice. Employment in traditionally male industries on the West Bank of Palestine. When we hear the word Palestine, it isn't women's rights that, that we hear about, is it? But uh, the workers, the women of workers in Palestine are having a difficult time and the service committee is there helping them on the West Bank. Um, how about informal workers in Zimbabwe and Malawi? Uh, whoever hears about them in the news, but the service committee is helping 
um, people who are f having trouble finding work, um, research on workers' rights in the poultry industry of Northwest Arkansas. <laughs> Of all of the many, many, many projects, many of them are taking place in the United States with, again, teaming up to help address a particular problem. Um, problems in Pakistan and Nepal and, on the list, street vendors in New York City who are having trouble with the local government, that is the government of New York City, to get their work done in the streets without interference from the police. So, we've looked at uh, economic rights, environmental rights, and civil rights that are at risk around the country. Um, and always, always, the service committee works with people on the ground from the communities they're working in. They never say, oh, you've got a problem, let us fix it for you. It's rather, you have a problem, we've heard about it, and you in particular are doing very good work about that problem, can we help you? And then they sit down to analyze the problem, figure out where the resources is, who else they have to partner with and attack the problem as the local people want it to be done. There's never arrogance or we know it better than you do. It's always a face-to-face, eye-to-eye collaboration that addresses these problems. I'd like to move on a little bit from the issues and the, and the addressing of the issues and talk just a little bit about the efficiency of this organization with all of these projects that we've been talking about and the variety of these projects. They've got it organized and they run it well. There is a group called the Charity Navigator Charity Navigator is a, is a rather large organization that checks in on charities and examines them uh, if they're allowed to. And, and most charity organizations are willing to be examined. They want their doors to be open. Charity Navigators has gone to the UUSC uh, in the last, I think it's six years, and each year they are given a four-star excellent rating. That means that the money you give goes efficiently to work. There's no large overhead at the service committee. Of course there's some overhead, but it's not large, the, and the whole operation is transparent. Four or five years of excellent rating by Charity Navigator. That impresses me. That means no matter how much money you give, it's going to help the world be a better place. No matter how much money you give, it's going to be actively used to make the world a better place. I am so fatigued 
by the problems of the world. Maybe you are too. Uh, I get on my computer and there's at least eight organizations that want contributions from me. Or there are a dozen causes that they want me to sign a letter on. I have decided for my own mental health, and I recommend this to you, but of course you, you've got your own way of dealing with these things. But I have decided to give only to the service committee and the local church. Everybody else with a free conscience, I say, good luck, I'm not helping. Whatever little money I am able to contribute is going to a perfect cause. And I know damn well it's going to be used well. Don't be afraid to give to guests at your table. Any questions? Go ahead. Uh, how many people are, are actively involved in, the, uh, in this committee? It's hard to say because you'd have to, you'd have to count in their partners as well. Um, and I don't really know. The last I heard, there are 400,000 members of the service committee. But that's, that's probably a very rough figure. But it's in the hundreds. I mean, it's in the thousands. Well, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. <laughs> but the objects of their benevolence probably go on to, into 10 millions or 100 million or more. So you got a pretty big project there. Exactly so. I agree 100%. When you consider all the people that are being affected in any way whatsoever by this organization, it's wow. <laughs> yeah. And all based upon human dignity and rights. Mike. Dale mentioned the charity charity navigator, and I encourage any of you that want to go to charitynavigator.org and take a look at any charity that there and be very informative. I've got one of their reports right here. <laughs> yes. I have a comment on a relief effort that the Unitarian Service Committee did after the terrible earthquake and tsunami. They helped fishermen repair their boats so that they could support their family and not be on relief. It was practical, down to earth. Yes. Thank you. Uh, Dale, I've got a question for you. Um, it, I remember several years back that there was uh, a plaque in the church that said something about the Unitarian Church of Los Alamos uh, gave a, a, an amount that passed some threshold to the service committee. Do you remember what that was about and if we are still included in that rank? I don't think we're currently included. Uh, our money has gone to the new building <laughs> and, <laughs> instead of to the outside. Uh, okay, I, I hope it's reinstated. But yes, in the, the annual reports, they have a whole listing of how many people have given what amount and how, what organizations have given what amount. And uh, 
there, there is a page that has uh, Unitarian Universalist congregations, and we used to appear on that page. But in the last couple of years, we have not, understandably so. I was thinking about the same thing, Rick, that, and I was trying to remember back, um, but it was, it was on the number of members who contributed, and, and I think we got a plaque for, you know, I, I can't remember whether it was 70% or 80% of the congregation was contributing to UUSC, and I too would like to maybe work on, on getting people informed and to think about it because I, I along, as far as my worldwide giving and all, it's UUSC because I figured that's from years back. It is just a good organization that partners. It doesn't go in to start its own thing. It goes in and assesses what the people are trying to do and where do they fit in. Right. So How I can... encourage people to think about it seriously. How can we help you? Yes. Thank you.